Hi, welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach, digital marketer, father of two, and board game enthusiast. We're going to interview some business owners and entrepreneurs and explore their businesses, see what they have to offer. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Louise from Last Research and Editing. How are you, Louise? Hi, Steve. I'm glad to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm also glad you're here. And I'm sorry, just, just before we started recording, we started bringing up childhood traumas and we're not going to stir the pot, but I'll, I'll pronounce your name right. So <laughs> you did. <but> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Louise, what is last research and editing? Like, is this for college kids who are like, I have a paper at midnight no, and I, I forgot to do it? Um, or? I have done that, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, I have... I had a client who was from Nigeria, so he didn't speak English, but he was mm -hmm. taking these college courses. So he hired me to edit his English papers because he didn't know how to speak English. So, but I've only done that once. Uh, mostly what my business is, is editing manuscripts uh -huh. for entrepreneurs and editing and writing press releases and distributing them. And, uh blogs writing blogs nice do you have companies do you, do you use a software or is it just like all you just create everything yourself and then send it off to you know the media outlet or whatever how does that work well i usually write for the company not for the mm -hmm. actual publication i i used to write for publication when i was working full-time but i don't do that anymore uh, cool. The company usually will hire me to write a blog for their website, and I will write it in either Microsoft Word or Google Docs, mm -hmm. and then they have their web team put it on their website. Gotcha. So safe, safe to assume that you're a master of the English language. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so with last research and editing, is so most of your clients are still companies, or do you do people or entrepreneurs? entrepreneurs of books what, what's kind of your niche or is it just kind of whoever is like hey i need i, I want to publish something like for the books it's usually individual authors who are also entrepreneurs the the entrepreneurs want to either have a book that they put on their website as a free download the individual authors they just have something to say and they hire me to make it better and I can ghostwrite for them, or I can, if they have a manuscript, I can edit the manuscript. If they need coaching, then I provide them the writing coaching and the writing. It, it depends on what their specific needs are. And I can go, I always say I can go from A to Amazon on any kind of book. Uh, now, as far as the press releases and the blogs, that's usually companies that have about 10 to 50 employees and uh, of revenue and they're looking for some marketing and so I provide the print marketing for them. Nice. What what is the I guess your favorite activity that you do? Do you prefer doing ghostwriting projects or do you prefer the kind of press release stuff? What I mean what brings you joy within the the writing and editing portion of this? Okay, so the press releases I can pump those out real quick. So I I I like doing those because it's easy. Uh -huh. uh, as on the manuscript end, I actually prefer the written manuscript and all I have to do is edit it because the ghostwriting, while it, it has a lot of 
it it brings me uh, fulfillment, but it's also a lot of work. And the uh, in the middle ground where they need coaching, sometimes it's annoying to handhold them. And and I shouldn't say that on radio, but that's uh, the truth. That's know. fine. Pe people can be annoying. <laughs> I mean, let's, we're, we're talking about truth here, right? Like, it's right. not that always is, sunshine and roses. Like That is one of the things that makes me <laughs> honest. I, I mean, one of the things that makes me different from other writers and editors is that I'm honest and I'll tell them exactly what I think. So, uh, I, I mean, honestly, that's the best policy. Like I've, I've spent over 10 years as a professional firefighter and it learned very quickly. You walk into someone's house and you tell them, Hey, look, you're doing something stupid. This is why bad things are happening. Like, let's change right. this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't. When I, when I have a manuscript and I tell them, Hey, I think this is not the way you want to present it, or this isn't going to meet your audience. They usually accept that. And they, take my opinion and then they let me rewrite it the way they that I think it should be written so it's always a collaboration with any manuscript even when they give me a fully written one there's still that back and forth interesting so how did you get into writing and editing like have you always just enjoyed yeah. writing and editing and you're like hey this is okay, wonderful back to childhood dramas now uh, they're not really a trauma. Um, <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote, I will okay. not run too many times on the blackboard. You're like, I'm really good at this. Like, <laughs> I can fill this blackboard yeah. in no time. No, I actually always knew I'd be a writer. I, I, I published my first song at age eight. And I, wow. uh, no, I, I didn't publish it. I wrote it at age mm -hmm. eight. I published my first poem at age 12. And that was the first time I actually got money for something I wrote. So that's when I actually became a published author. Well, so cool. was was at age 12. Yeah, that's super cool. And what was that published at? Like, it, how, it, I mean, how did you get discovered? And like, how okay, does a 12 year old so, make money from a poem? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, back before there were computers, there were things called newspapers. And my BS um, radar is going off right now. This has never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Anyway, there was unverifiable. <laughs> I'm from the Philadelphia area and I grew up in in Upper Darby and there was a local newspaper called Upper Darby Town Talk. Mm -hmm. And they had a section for the community. If you submitted something, you would get five dollars. So I submitted my poem, a pot of gold, and I got five dollars. So that's that's cool. That's how I did it. And but I went to the University of Maryland. College of Journalism. So I became a journalist. And so a lot of what I do now is still journalism related. In fact, the last research part is the journalism part too, because I, for everything that I do, I have to research it. So, you know, I'll interview people and I'll research online and to get the notes correct. And um, so that's the, that's why the research and, but I do everything. Um, I follow AP style, Associated Press style, and all journalism rules and things like that. That's cool. And, and so of everything then that you do, what's your favorite part? My favorite part of everything I do is probably dealing with the clients, even the annoying ones, but I like talking to them. <laughs> talking to them and I like um, helping them present a better 
front so they can succeed. So, that's really that's nice. very, no, it's very cool. So aside from the research and editing that you write for other people, do you do any writing for yourself as well then, or? Yes, I have three published novels. The 1776, great, I can't even think my own titles. <laughs> They're that memorable. They're so good. <laughs> well, it's the 1776 series of books. So the first one is 1776, Scroll of Secrets. That is about a witch who is kidnapped over a magic scroll. She has to uh, unlock the magic, but she's along the way, she's also looking for her true love. So is this the, fantasy or autobiography? It, it's fantasy, they're all fiction. Well, I have the nonfiction coming up, but the- was my a very silly joke. It didn't land, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was gonna say fantasy. <laughs> You're right, it didn't land. Uh, <laughs> Romantic fantasy was that one okay. <laughs> because they're all romance novels. Um, gotcha. Are they? Is it like pseudo historical fiction? Like, do you do you merge in the, the no, different stuff, or is um, it just the time period? It is actually modern day. I set it in current timeline, and uh -huh. then there's some link back to the past. So in this case, the scroll was created in 1776. Gotcha. But the book is actually written in the modern time period. And people that like Harry Potter would actually like this book because it was influenced a lot by Harry Potter. The second book is 1776 Bed and Breakfast. It's about a. Oh, man, you had me at breakfast. <laughs> well, there's muffins in it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Um, but she's a bed and breakfast owner and she is the victim of a theft, two fires, sabotage, and she thinks that the man that she meets is causing it. He's not, but he has a secret. And the third one is called 1776 Musket, and that is about a college student who's a computer whiz mm -hmm. and a history professor. And there's a bombing in the library and the two of them have to team up to figure out who the bomber is before she bombs again. So those are my three novels. I love it. So do all of them have, so I know the first one does, but did the other two also have ties to 1776? Yes, the second one, the bed and breakfast was built in 1776 and it was an inn back then and it went through her family, um, passed down through her generations. Gotcha. Are, are the stories intertwined too? Like characters from one book are going to be in the other ones and or well, is it each of their own stories the first two no because i had started bed and breakfast before i started scroll and i had it had 10 chapters written and i wasn't getting anywhere so i put it in my drawer for, ten, for a while and then i was out in arizona with my husband and my three young kids and we were very lonely well, I was lonely. He wasn't lonely. Uh, so, so I started writing scroll when um, I was sitting on the couch when they came home from school, and I was uh, I had a manuscript within a short time. So, what I did in the third book was I took some characters from the first book and characters from the second to bring the series together. And so that's why it. Um, that's how that's why it's a series now um, 
Nice. So is the, the universe of 1776 going to keep expanding or are you, is it now it's on a yes. shelf and you're done? No, I have a fourth one, 1776 soldier. I am hoping that it'll be finished this year and I'm, I'm pushing, I'm hoping for June, but it could be August uh, to finish it and then to um, get it published and on Amazon. And then I have the nonfiction, which the two cookbooks, my client is dyslexic. So she's a chef and she's dyslexic. So she couldn't write her own book, her own cookbook. Mm -hmm. So she came to me to write the first cookbook and then she really liked it. So she wanted a second cookbook. So I just published that last Chris, around Christmas time, her second cookbook. So the first one is the dressing table and the second one is beyond the dressing table. And then I also, around the same time, around Christmas time, I co-authored this nonfiction book, Hanging by Faith, which is about dealing with addictions and how it's very hard on the families. And it comes from the woman that I co-authored it with, she's a bail bondswoman. And so she saw it through her work as a bail bondswoman, mm -hmm. but she also had her son who was addicted to painkillers. And, mm -hmm. and so she went through all the, the stuff with that. And, at the, and I happened to have a son who started with marijuana and then he progressed to Xanax. And he was very addicted and he caused a lot of problems and he ended up going to prison for two years. So I kind I wrote that book from my experiences as well. So that's why the two of us work together on that. And, gotcha. uh, and it, it, so that, so those are my newest books, the Beyond the Cookbook, Beyond the Dressing Table and Hanging by Faith, they're the two newest. But as I said, the 1776 Soldier should be out this year. And then I'm also working on a couple of other things that aren't really that far into the works, but. Real hush-hush things, secret, secret. <laughs> well, they're not really secret. It's just that I haven't got very far on them. So I don't know when they're gonna be out. <laughs> All right. Are they are they also fiction or nonfiction or what, what, what kind of well, genres soldier, are they? Soldier is fiction. And, uh, but the other one would be a nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Are you doing any more poetry as well? Or was the, you hit the jackpot the one time and you well, might you drop and I walk do. away. <laughs> like I'm I never gonna top this feeling. <laughs> okay, for one thing, poetry doesn't really sell. So um, I don't really push it. I do have some poems that are published and I, have, I am a member of the Bay Area Professional Writers Guild. And in 2016, we created an anthology I was the editor on that, but there's a bunch of my poems in that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I when I write my most of the poems that I've I've written, I've written for some family member for something. Like my grandmother it was her 80th birthday or something, so I wrote a poem about her. Um, and then, so they're personal to me, but I don't really care if they're ever published. So. It's more of a therapy when I do my poems. Kind of, kind of like a spontaneous type of thing. Yeah. Like after this, I, you'll go like podcast visitor. It was okay. Makes me sad. 
probably won't like or subscribe. <laughs> Very good haiku. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't count the syllables, but I think you really did do a haiku. <laughs> I'm like a broken clock. I'm right at least twice a day. So that's. You know. <laughs> so anyway, but for the most part, even if I published a poetry book, there'd probably be three people that would buy it. It's it really is not that something that people buy and people don't buy memoirs either. So you have all these people who are publishing their life story, but then nobody wants to read that. So Sure. So what I always tell my clients is if you want to write about your life story, make sure it relates to somebody else's life mm -hmm. instead of writing about yourself. Like with Dee's um, experience with addiction, it wasn't written about, it is her life story, but it's also how she can help others in the same situation. More like a self-help type book of relating right. to instead of a, this is my life story. Yes, exactly. So Do you feel that most people who write or want to write these life stories of theirs or their memoirs, do you feel like they want it for sharing with the world or they want it more for something to pass on to their family to be like, hey, these are my struggles. I hope that this lives on beyond me. When I have a consultation with a client, that's the mm -hmm. first question I ask them. Do they want it uh, to sell or do they want it as a to pass on as their legacy because both are very important and both are necessary so if they want it to sell that's great we market it one way if they want it just to pass down then we uh, do it another way so i always make sure i know where they're coming from in the beginning before i start any project because it changes how it's written because if, if they're if they're writing it to sell, then I have to make sure that it's relatable. If they're just writing it to pass down, then I can just quote them verbatim pretty much. But uh, what does that process look like? Like if I was like, hey, I want the life and times of Stephen Lentz, like oh, bring out the <laughs> pillow and blanket, here we go. But like, what do I, I mean, what is, you know, where do you begin? Is it just kind of like you ask me questions and I dictate like when I was seven, I peed my pants? Like, or like, is it, <laughs> okay. you know, like, so not What's the process as, here? <laughs> okay, the, the first step is always the initial consultation. Uh -huh. You need to get a feel for the project and whether, what you want, whether you want it to sell, whether you want it to pass it down to your kids, whether you want it as a joke, whatever your original. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> it feels personal. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I worked for a small publishing company in Baltimore, Bancroft Press. And we had a, a um, humor writer, actually we had two um, authors who were humorous. And he, he, but this one, he wrote, he was an insurance salesman and he wrote the book, Wilbur Winkle has a complaint as a joke. Um, and it, it was all these fake letters that real people sent to the insurance company that he read, but these were fake letters. And, so the whole thing was a joke, but he wrote it as a joke. So one of the things like the names have been changed to protect the stupid type of thing. <laughs> yes. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the concept was very much real. Anyway, so I start the process with that initial consultation. And once I have an idea of the project, how long the book is going to be, and 
um, what you want it for. Then I move on to figuring out an outline. So I can create chapter titles and an outline. And then um, I submit it to the author and they can change it in yay or nay. But usually when I submit, when I give an author chapter titles, they're very, they like what I usually give them. So, um, but I always work with the author in this. And then from there, I do take an approach that is very journalistic. I will sit down with you or through Zoom or on the phone and interview you chapter by chapter. So let's say the first chapter is about how you got into business. Then I would ask you all the questions about your business and how you got into it, like how you started your podcast, why you started your podcast, all those things. And then I take what you give me from the answers and I create a chapter out of it. And so, and then I will, the third step is that I send the chapter I've written back to the author to see if I'm on the right track. And then, so it's a back and forth kind of thing. And it usually takes anywhere from three months to six months to finish writing it together. That's very cool. What is, what does that usually cost price-wise if you're doing like a six month project? for writing a book like that for someone? It depends on whether you already have the manuscript or you need the ghostwriting. If you already have the manuscript, it's about $1,000. If you are looking to have me ghostwrite it, it can be anywhere from 4,000 to 10,000, depending on how long the book is. Um, and then cool. the coaching, the coaching's usually about 1,000 and then I charge by the hour for extra time for the things like, um, I've had a lot of clients where I would have, they would have issues with Amazon and they'd call me to try to fix their issues with Amazon. And so then I'm charging them by the hour for that. No, that's, that's very cool. That's fun. I, I mean, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to sit down and have you interview me and do a funny book, but I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm ready for six months and 10 grand. So <laughs> at some point. <laughs> well, I'm also very, I'm also willing to work with people too. I mean, like, it's not set in stone and it's, but it, you know, so sure. if your budget, like if your budget is say only X amount of dollars, then I'll work with you because in my mind, X amount of dollars is better than zero dollars. Sure. No, it makes total sense. And Louise, where would someone find you? My website is www.lastresearchandediting.com. Or um, I'm on Amazon. I have an author page, www.amazon.com slash author slash Louise Harris. And, and the uh, way that you spell Louise Harris would be L O U. I S E H A R R I S no break. It's all one word. Please gotcha. Um, I also am on LinkedIn and Facebook uh, because Louise Harris is a very common name on LinkedIn and Facebook. You kind of have to. It, if you put in my name and last research and editing, you usually find me. So, but I'm I post enough that I come up fairly to the top. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Louis, really quick last thing is, is there anything that you wish I had asked you or that you were excited to talk about and we just kind of got way off tangent or anything, yeah. any, any last topic or conversation you want to revisit or? Well, the only other thing that I 
want to mention is I also have another company, Christian Marketing Experts. That is a partnership that I have. I do the print side of marketing and the broadcast side, and my partner does the digital marketing. And one of our clients is, he has a TV show, and we're looking for people that are willing to advertise on the show. So if they're interested in that, they can contact me. Oh, and I also didn't give you my phone number. It's 480-370-3945. So any of those, if you have questions, I'm always willing to answer a question even without, even if you're not a client, I will always answer a question. So anybody that just wants to pick my brain is welcome to do that. Awesome, I love it. Well, I absolutely appreciate having you on today. It was a blast. I had fun too. And, and I hope you got a lot of out of it. A lot oh, that you can use out of it because I know there was a lot of, of stuff that we. <laughs> oh no, it's uh, it's unedited, going straight in. Even this right this part right here. So, thank you again. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.